0: This podcast is brought to you by Audio-Technica, celebrating over 50 years of audio excellence. Well known throughout the recording industry for their acclaimed 40 and 50 series studio microphones and professional M series headphones. Audio-Technica is proud to be the first choice of countless award-winning producers, engineers, and musicians. Learn more at Audiotechnica.com.
1: Hey, it's Larry Crane. Welcome to the Tape Op Podcast. the common thread between John Lennon, Cheap Trick, Slash, Aerosmith, Miles Davis, Patti Smith, Bullister Colt, The Yardbirds, New York Dolls, Clutch, and Local H. It's Jack Douglas. Tape Op interviewed Jack along with James Cena back in Tape Op number 90, but my pal Luther and I were able to catch up with Jack in Los Angeles in early 2018 to talk shop and dig into his history. Enjoy! This audio recording was not originally tracked with the intent of using for a podcast. It was recorded solely for transcription for our print interview.
0: Please forgive any balance issues, background sounds, or lack of clarity.
1: Enjoy. Are we doing? We're going, we're going. Okay. I feel like a lot of your productions feel kind of timeless. You know, for good rock and roll recordings, you could put one on and be like, what year is this? And like... How well, just that's the thing. I,
0: I I tried not to ever process to to get that um, whatever process was in vogue. Right. I never really knew how to do it. <laughs> 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 okay, gated reverb. Nah, I don't know. I don't. I never get it right. Mm. You know. So mm. so basically, what I did was I trained as a guy as a staff engineer. Your job was to capture what the instrument sounded like out on the floor. Right. In fact, that you know, Royce Caller would drag you out into the room, put your ear to whatever instrument was, and say, "Do you find the sweet spot? That's where the mic goes. Listen to right. it, listen to it. You know, and and it didn't matter to him if it was a harp or a piccolo, or he'd go out and now reproduce that sound in the control room." Figure out right. what mic is gonna work best for it, what pre, and, you know, and don't process.
1: Right,
2: but you were given the time to do it.
0: No, not that I much mean, time, but, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> not really, no. And, and, uh, and then uh, to, to, uh, to further train you, you would go do a session or a number of sessions with Jay Messina, yeah. and, and so Jay Messina was the jingle guy and those so they would come in with a 40- piece orchestra, and in three hours they would leave with the uh, the orchestra, the announce, the backing vocals, the rhythm section, sure, right. and a mix yeah. and they a lot would of have, union stuff, right so: yeah, and they union, would have a 30 time. they would have a 30 second spot and a 60 Jeez. second spot. done in three hours Jeez. so um. So the idea was you had to, if you worked with Jay, you learned that, you know, he put the mics in the right place and he put the fader up and there, and there was the sound. And he learned from Phil Ramon. Right. So it was that school. And so... Um,
2: so it was kind of passed down.
0: Yeah, and that's what I went with. Yeah. And so I never really was, oh, I never liked that, uh, the other stuff that much. The trendy stuff, stuff, yeah.
1: How did you survive the 80s?
0: I didn't. I retired the 80s. (laughs) I took a vacation and and did drugs for like 10 years. (laughs) You did the right thing. Yeah, I did. (laughs) (laughs) No, I did a few things. I did, uh, um, yeah, I did a few records, but not very many. I, I preferred to bury my head in, you know. Here's a
2: question. Did you, when you did the very few things you did in the 80s, or when you heard stuff in the 80s, did you kind of, Instinctually, know it didn't sound good.
0: Yes, I did. I yeah. didn't. I didn't like, I didn't kind of like it. Kind stuff and all the. Weird. Yeah, no, I didn't like it, and I, I knew, um, as far as I was concerned, I wasn't going to work, so right. um, yeah. I figured I'd, you know, really um, earned a vacation. Yeah. Like by by eighty, uh, after John's death, I was kind of fucked up, right. so uh, you know, after he died, it was like you know, I started to bury myself in Valium to get to sleep, but, uh, but yeah. it led to other stuff and I really didn't give a shit yeah. for a while. Yeah. And so um, uh, in, uh, by the mid 80s, I just stopped working yeah. and, uh, and went down to Florida and lived in a nice house on the, on the, uh, the New River and watched the riverboat go by yeah. stoned yeah sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh and then I decided to give up drugs completely, and yeah. i'm still sober
1: yeah.
0: uh wow and um and uh Supertramp called
1: oh yeah.
0: and uh, and uh, and asked if I'd like to do a record, and I said, geez I might as well go back and wow. do a record i like so some... I came out here and and recorded the tracks at uh oceanway wow. nice. and then uh and then to um rick's place uh, um in encino and then uh, we mixed it in new york at uh manhattan center
1: what album was that
0: uh i
1: can't remember like after after breakfast in america oh yeah way after yeah, like the the 90s, 90s. Oh, early,
0: 90s. Yeah. early 90s yeah yeah then uh then i did uh clutch oh, right after that
1: yeah
0: uh and then slash called mm-hmm. and said you know um when we wanted to work with you, uh, we weren't allowed to because we heard bad things about you. And like they said, the combination of you and us would have just been a
2: disaster. I'm sure. You say, I'm sure I heard bad things about you. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, but I understood
0: completely. You know, I really did. So I said, yeah, but you know, the times right now, it's all good. Yeah. So um, a clutch record, and then uh, back to. Are you talking work, about with
2: Slash when you started doing cool, the snake, snake Pit, pit stuff in like, yeah. the mid or late nineties? Late nineties, yeah. And that's when I when I was with you at Interscope you were working on, I feel like, it was like 99, second, first or yeah. second snake put record. Yeah. Snakefoot record. Right. And I remember we were waiting to hear something about something. This was the Federale thing. Yeah, yeah. And I, you had the headphones yeah. and you put them on Mark Ford. Yeah. And he went, wow, this is, and you, then you put them on me and what it's, and I, you said something like, well, they're kind of, you know, they kind of want to get back to like a Toys in the Attic kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, what struck me was, speaking of the timeless right. thing, right. was how good it sounded. It sounded so good uh, that thank you I said well it was just it was just kind of it made me so excited the moment and all of a sudden it put some kind of bearing on the moment like wow I really hope this works out now because I can't believe really how <laughs> <that laughs> good this sounds but yeah. it's just the snake. like I don't know you know it was just you just say hey check it out this is what I'm working on but it yeah. sounded live phenomenal that, that, we, um, that was you seemed live. really excited about it yeah we, we
0: cut we cut the band live and I still I mean this is why this new studio that my partner and I are Building out by the airport um, is is built for recording uh, musicians live, but it's a big room. So yeah. I mean, we'll, it'll be good for string dates, for horn wow. dates, for orchestra wow. dates. Where is it, is
2: it, is it still downtown? Or is it?
0: No, we're moving from downtown to out by the airport.
2: Oh wow! And a big
0: we got it. We found a big space, Ooh. and that's where we uh, we have the the series E. It's Aaron Smart and myself. It's our equipment. We just got a Fairchild. We have, we just oh, got no. a, a half inch ATR that we bought from Sterling. So it's beautifully oh, modified. Nice. Yeah. Uh, You'll have
2: the Studer in there. My Studer and his yeah. Studer. Yeah, so that's
0: yeah. a twenty four and a sixteen. And sixteen, we, beautiful. And so um, we have just about every kind of mic pre that uh, was ever invented. Include the really pre. Uh, the black uh, um, leaves, oh, yeah. the real early stuff,
1: like germaniums. Ones, yes, right.
0: We yeah. have uh, now twenty of them.
1: <laughs> Can I ask you? I mean, what would you say to someone that was just determined to get into this business? In good the same luck. Way as you get at this point in time.
0: Yeah, good luck. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm all for you, uh, but
2: um, it's a tough route. You, know, you always have to have a love otherwise that's I mean, it you, you have to like you were talking about micing the sound here that you have to be kind of excited about i it. am well, i i'm yeah I, you know i tell my students
0: when they ask me so how do you know i you know you you've got professional ears how do we train our ears we don't get into the studio i said out there you know listen listen to the roll wind, the traffic anything listen <laughs> to right. it you know, you'll identify the frequency response of a subway. Definitely. I don't care.
1: I find you, it's interesting too that you you're a full on engineer who can do all that. But like you've done tons of stuff with know over the years. And oh yeah. So when you get the when you get like sort of the call for the producer's chair, do you find it's like a better day for you to have someone that's a long, an engineer co conspiring with you?
0: I I really like having an engineer sure. that that um that I can talk to in engineering terms, so, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not talking of colors or anything. I mean, I, I can talk specifically mm-hmm. about what, what I'm looking for in frequency response and, yeah. um, and tonality. and the same. So I, I like having an engineer I can did, talk did to. Did
2: someone uh, work for you on the double fantasy stuff with someone being a co-conspirator as far as yeah, actual one of Yeah, one of
0: my favorites. Um, it, that's a long involved story. But it was Lee de Carlo who was now retired and um, and Lee um, was he the house well he was the house engineer at Record yeah. plant yeah.
2: l a oh, oh at l a right yeah he was okay. the chief engineer oh, l a
0: wow. he's a New York guy, a very interesting character his his father. Uh, anybody see Jersey Boys, the movie?
2: No, I didn't see that. I want to see that. But yeah. yeah,
0: his father was the gangster that... Wow. Jip DiCarlo. His father was a famous, famous mafia gangster. Ran the waterfront in Hoboken. Very okay. colorful, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and Lee... Um, and he wanted Lee to go into the family business and... Mm. Uh, Sanitation.
2: Lee was more. <laughs> he, he was. A,
0: he was a musician. So, no, the docs. The docs, Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Lee uh, joined the um, Marines and went to, off to Vietnam and parachuted in and did terrible yeah. things to people. And, sure. And um, he was what they call advance. They would drop in before oh, gosh, yeah, a oh, main boy. assault and just create chaos and then uh, and then leave and then during the chaos then a main force would go in (laughs) so that was this guy and he came out and then his father got him a job with Morris Levy at Roulette Records and he wrote some songs for him and he engineered and worked his way
2: up pretty interesting character kind of ironic that he would have Worked for Morris Levy, but then ended up with Lennon.
0: Yeah. Uh, You're getting to that. Yeah. So so the thing was, now, this this Double Fantasy album, John and I had been close since Imagine. Yeah. So this Double Fantasy album, John wasn't sure it was even going to come off. It was a secret. So we couldn't do it at record plant. Because there was always somebody out there in front of a record plant checking to see who at Stars were sure, going. Yeah. You know, yeah. It was the place. Especially then. Yeah. yeah. So we couldn't do it there. So the place that was off the beat track was Hit Factory, the original, mm-hmm. which was on 48th Street down near 10th Avenue. Nobody was around there. There was nobody. <laughs> so that's, that, that's, uh, So we went down there to do it, but I couldn't bring any staff guys. From record plan to do it or i'd have done it with Jay. just to keep the yeah, yeah I, could, I couldn't have, right. so so i couldn't have so that's why you flew him my out. second choice of course was uh, lee now john was fascinated by lee for numbers of reasons because he was an interesting colorful character yeah. dark shades blonde hair down here looked like a surfer <laughs> big beard just a wacky really? crazy guy and soon as uh, John found out that Lee had been in Vietnam and in fact you know was pretty much an assassin sure. over there he wanted to know everything about it everything yeah. he you know he was intrigued by by the sky and Lee of course didn't like to talk about it mm-hmm. except to say that he one time landed on a punji stick when he parachuted down went to walk and he couldn't because the stick was his foot. Oh, and thank God, they God it was sent, just his foot. Yeah, and they sent him home. And that was the end of his career over there. <laughs> but that was the only thing he said. I got out uh, eventually. Yeah. And so um, he wouldn't talk about it. Wouldn't talk about it. John drove him Christie. He wouldn't talk about it. Come on, Lee. Come on, tell us. Tell us about it. <laughs> There's just nothing to talk about. Let's make the fucking record, all right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow. So
0: one day, Lee came in in the very same gear that he would he would parachute in. He came in dressed as a bush.
1: No way.
0: Yeah, a full he was in a bush. A bush sat down in a tr- in the chair at the board next to us. Just I didn't say with, anything. Just talking with,
2: jo- uh, yeah. talking
0: with John. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, and John just looked at him. <laughs> And he looked at me and he says, I think I get the point. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He didn't want to talk about it. We don't want him to know he's here. He did the whole session in a bush that day. Uh, He was a
2: character. And um,
1: good engineer. Oh, fantastic. Well, I was going to say,
2: but the record, it's interesting that he's from LA because I do. No, he's from New York. He's from New York, but meaning he was doing his work in LA. And it's interesting because the record does have this. It's 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 not as street as new you know what I mean has yeah. this kind of LA sound to it I wonder if that's down to yeah that's, that's kind of the a, sound that was going at the time in LA which is a little kind of like fat and yeah slick it is very and, fat it I is, mean, is very fat but that
0: room was fat right, right Andy yeah. Newmark I used to go out and bug the sh- bug the all time to play hmm. harder all the time. interesting and and Andy's a great drummer but I needed that he- heavy groove on it. Sure. Yeah, you know, I need him to lay into it yeah. and so what I would do is uh, is, uh, uh, before he would get there I would go out and get two pencils and lay it on the snare drum and then I'd walk him out into the room and go, no wonder Oh. <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> see that's the problem you gotta use sticks, the pencils won't work Chocolate. what made you choose Andy? Oh, it was all about rock music yeah, for me yeah. otherwise yeah. it would have been Steve Gadd that would make sense yeah it was gonna you know but but Steve was off Levin, and somebody else but Tony Levin was on the line Tony Levin yeah. he's the he's the player on yeah, it he is, like, but Tony was, was absolutely was my favorite how, did,
1: how would you come across him before
0: that well I knew him all for years <laughs> okay, I mean right. these were right. regular studio guys right. only Andy wasn't right. a regular studio right. guy but I went after Andy because I just loved all those grooves I just thought yeah.
2: He kind of killed it, that record actually. He kind of murdered yeah. it. He really did a great job. Yeah, it. it's fantastic. It's kind of perfect, really. The only thing did. that's
0: not Andy is the Uh-oh. drum fill in in uh starting over. Bop bop. Who's that?
2: Is that a snip snip? Yeah, it's a snip snip. It was never
0: a break there. There was never a break there, but I just thought
1: What were those cheap trick sessions like that on that? Because you had some of the guys coming I Yeah. You
0: know, I thought
1: that's interesting.
0: I thought that those guys because they were so L- Lennon perfect and, on paper. Yeah, yeah they yeah. they loved Lennon. Every they they love Beatles, but Lennon in yeah, particular. Yeah. So Certainly. um I thought that's going to work great as his little rock combo. Yeah. To, so that a little less of the studio guys, a little you know, bit more It's intriguing
2: of a, to listen to. And
0: so he he uh they played the two songs yeah. and John just had a blast playing oh, with man. them. It was exactly. yeah, I mean, just to watch that happen, you know. Um yeah. I mean Rick Nielsen came up with part of that and then and then yeah. John answered it.
2: And you yeah. ended up using using that lick in a way. Well, I used the lick. Yeah. But
0: yeah. but uh, Yoko came in and you know, she every once in a while would have a really good point. Yeah. I mean a really good point. And the point was this. It's going to feel too... I loved it, she said. But it's going to feel out of place on an album that's supposed to just flow.
2: Oh, interesting. So it wasn't really about like... It no. was just more about hoping that that could fit in and it just wouldn't fit in. It just in. didn't fit in. So, uh, it was too hard. As opposed to a whole album of that. Yeah. But he probably would have gotten to that, I would imagine. Yeah, maybe. You know, because he was a rocker. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Boy, he just... I was to watch him play with
2: those guys. Yeah, and what a treat. And uh, so it came out anyway yeah eventually you him. told yeah. me about it way before it came out yeah. when, you, when you told us you kind of blew our minds at the tables of me and mark for said, yeah. "Oh, you know he did some stuff with cheap trick but get out of here oh yeah but then a few yeah. years later it yeah came yeah, it out, came out, out. Box set and, and it was,
0: we and then jay and i uh four years ago did right. the stripped version right, of it right. which was really so they
2: did losing you and what was the other one Move uh, moving on moving on oh, yeah for oh, Yoko, for Yoko, yeah. so she there's a track of Yoko with them. Yeah, that makes a lot more wow. sense if you really know her stuff. Yeah, she did, and it's cool. And and I just a
0: couple of years ago I did a track with Yoko. I did a couple of tracks yeah. with Yoko. So you guys still yeah
2: we keep still it together. To work together. Yeah.
1: Well, the the version they did. Have you ever heard the, the, the version of Double Fantasy where they. He and Jay went back and just kind of stripped them down. I, I've
2: heard, I feel
1: like I heard, it it's it really sound, is
2: acoustic. He's, there's some acoustic stuff. It's just yeah. overdubs
1: and, and mostly. It's most mostly,
0: overdubs and, mostly it's the raw tracks yeah. and the live vocals. Yeah. No, barely an overdub. And then there's the, uh, there's cool the, it there's amazing. the, um, the strange uh, tr- track we did of um, Every Man Has a Woman, which was originally done as like a conceptual synth Piece. Oh wow! Also, um, there's a lot of his patter, and the beginning of the album, on uh, the beginning of the original album starts with the bell, Bing, Bing, yeah. Bing. The the uh, the mm-hmm. beginning of this album starts with the actual words that were said. A dedication to Buddy Holly and Wow and Gene Vincent. He dedicates the album right to all to his heroes. Yeah. And Plus the
2: '50s vibe of starting over. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. He yeah.
0: says this is for, and then he says oh. all this, and that's how the that album starts. Yeah. I also, so you know, I mixed that at Power Station, yeah. Avatar at yeah. the time. Yeah, and um, Yoko would come by about every three or four days to hear to hear the progress of it, and it's very dry. We, yeah, We made the record really dry. I like sounding. that about it. So you hear this great rhythm section. It's like you're in the room with it's them. It's tight. Yeah. And uh, um, I have a piece of equipment um, that was a prototype made by Ramza c- called a Ramza speak- Phantom Speaker Synthesizer. <laughs> now, this was made.
1: <laughs> I've never seen this. No, because there's the only prototype. one.
0: Yeah. There's only one. Wow. So they made this thing. And it works on uh, infinite phase. It's a box with a big bo- one controller and a big box of brains I've never looked in, I don't want to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, um, and there's eight 360-degree pan pots. Oh, OK. Now you, you just you come out of this thing and go into two tracks on the board. Whatever you put into it, you can get on this joystick. And you can start moving it around your head in stereo. That's insane. Because it's working off a of phase.
1: Right.
0: So, but it's fine. It's so finely tuned. Yeah. I can pull it back and it'll go right over your head. Now you have to sit in the middle of the two speakers. Right. But it works great. Now when they made this thing, they gave one to me to try with Aerosmith. So I would try different things. And this was at record plant. And after I would try something in the mix process of where I could locate these things, I would run, because of dealing with phase. I would run with the tape into the cutting room where they had a lathe to see if, it would, if the lathe would cut it because of the phase. Right, but it's going
1: to yeah. kick the needle
0: out of the gun. And sure enough, pretty much anything that had any weight on it at all, even a vocal, It would kick up. Oh, boy. It would kick up. I could put some reverb back there. Did you let them know? I could put a little (laughs) percussion back there if it was bright and had no bottom in it whatsoever. Yeah. And I did on a couple of Aerosmith albums. I messed around with it. And a couple of people wrote me letters that were smoking a little bit. Uh. I happened to notice... (laughs) Is there somebody behind the ah. couch? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you know, just wow. and I never talked about it. That's kind but of an I did. Interesting concept, so though. then I went to Me Dem. You know Me Dem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I went over to Me Dem, and Phillips was showing us this thing that was going to revolutionize everything called the C D. Wasn't yeah. available yet. And I asked the guy at Phillips, I said, let me ask you something. I still had the Ramza. Yeah. I said, let me ask you something. If I put something out of phase. She says, oh, it makes no difference. Right. You always just stay laser. It doesn't phase. <laughs> ah, okay. So you think this is going to be big? Oh, we'll take over. No more final. No more cutting. All CDs. Great. So now I went back. I took six, $7,000 out of my bank account and I put it over here and I wrote Ramza. I'm going to buy the goddamn thing. Now, I've had it, like, maybe three years. <laughs> it's just sitting around. That's a trip. So I call up a Panasonic, Ramza Professional yeah. Division. I say, remember that, this Jack Douglas, remember that thing you guys, you gave me that the Phantom speaker synthesizer prototype? Yeah. Well, um, you know, uh, I'd like to buy it. And I said, that old thing, just keep it. so I still have it so to get back to my story so I took in one song on that on the stripped down double fantasy at the end of the song John starts talking and I put him here next to you
1: oh weird yeah right here yeah, wow. so he's
0: right here next to you. So Yoko's sitting in between the two speakers. She's listening to the song. She's got her eyes closed. Song ends. She's still into it. And John starts talking to her from over here. And at that moment, I wished I hadn't done it because I saw her. It was turn. just too real. It turned, she turned white because it was dry and very real sounding and Brown. right here. And I saw her turn white and I saw her start to cry. And she said, he's in the room with us. And I said, I said, I'm, I said, Yoko, I'm really sorry. I, I I should have told you that I did something to make him sound like he was in the room, and I I, I really apologize for, you know, for upsetting you like that. And she said, No. She said, Don't change it. It's absolutely beautiful, wow. and I hope that, and I hope that everyone that hears it has that same experience as I just had, where. He's talking. And this, of course, was
2: happening live with the monitors and others. You don't have to be in the cans for this effect to happen. No, no. You have
0: to be sitting between the two monitors. That's amazing. And 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 there he was. He's right here talking to you. Yeah. He's he's out of the speakers altogether. Not even related. It's amazing. It's because, because it's the only time I used it in the whole album. Right. So everything is here. It's here her it's her here.
2: contribution to that album, and just not just the writing and performing, but her producing, is really underrated, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, in other words, she had some pretty... She she kind of brought it on that record, too. I think her songs are great. Yeah, that. that's and the... That's,
0: but I mean, I think she's done some pretty kind of cool work after. Um, and, of course, the last thing we did was with her. That was uh, Walking on the Ice. Walking on the Ice. Yeah. And that was, that was really uh, quite an experience because I, uh, John said, I'm going to Bermuda. I'm, I'm, I won't see you until after the, the New Year. Right. And uh, he said, we've done enough work. It's great. The things coming up the charts. Right? It's all good. Uh, I think starting over was already number one. And uh, and he said he was leaving, so I booked another thing for RCA, and he calls me up. He says, "You know what? I can't stop. Let's go back. <laughs> Let's start doing stuff some again." So um, well, the, the the tap was uh,
2: yeah, he was yeah. ready
0: to go. Yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, so I said, "You know, I already booked something." He said, "Well, just move it to late at night." Oh, great, okay. So I <laughs> I had to book my RCA session. It was at record plant. Well, now we can go back to record plant because... Yeah. The cat's out yeah, of the Yeah, it was yeah. fine. Right. So we... And he didn't want anybody else in the room except he and I, Yoko, and one assistant. Yeah. So he wanted me to engineer and produce, and in fact, play. Yeah. He wanted me to play on it too. So yeah. we made a loop of a track... That we had, but didn't do anything else on it. Like a drum, a drum? Yeah, a okay. drum loop. And then he and I played the rest of the stuff. Over. Wow. And, for, and then, for Thin Ice. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and Steve, do you know Steve Marcantonio? He's a big engineer at Blackbird.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah I know that name. He's a New York guy that went yeah. down to Nashville. Blackbird Nashville. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he was the assistant on it. Oh, and it wow. was to, That was it. Wow. We were just in the... <laughs> And, uh, oh, and wow. we did it in uh, the mix room, which had, just had a booth. That's all we needed. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and it was a, you know, a 24-track tape loop. Yeah.
2: It was, it was really fun. Did you feel like a world of possibilities was opening up at the time because just they were just getting so excited about making? You know, oh, making I knew what was going on. on, yeah. Because it's kind of, you listen back. I mean, the, the, the st- you're talking about like Milk and Honey stuff. It's yeah, that was all done
0: at the same time.
2: It's fun, it's kind of new wavy and it's kind of different and and it's it's well there was there was a
0: lot of stuff on the drawing board. There was a tour, there was a there was a I heard that there was a Ringo album that Mm -hmm. Paul and John had already committed to. They were just waiting for George. That would have been the rhythm section. behind Ringo. Uh, And and um, that's what Ringo and I were who I call Richard by the way. Yeah. Not yeah. Ringo,
2: yeah. But so they were all kind of, kind of just getting back into the swing of, yeah. of working with
0: each other. Yeah, man. I mean, it was We. I had a, uh, I had a Sony blaster. It was a good one. Um, it had a really good sound, and I used to put it on the board to mix, to, to listen to, you know, on my final mixes. Now I use a Bose Wave radio, oh, yeah. as what I listen to for my final mixes. But then I used this Sony. And when we weren't doing anything, John liked to listen to the radio because he was a music nut. He loved music all the time. And whenever a Beatles song came on, that would stop the session. And, sure. And he would describe everything that happened that day.
2: Still proud of it. Yeah, and, and,
0: and talk yeah. about everything that was wrong, everything that was right with it, <laughs> everything that happened in the studio. And me and... Um, and, and they could, you you could have actually stopped for an hour, yeah, sure. while he talked about what was wow. going on, and and how how much he loved the Beatles, which was yeah. he was their biggest was, fan, right? Yeah, it was really cool, <laughs> <laughs> and then it was fun um, talking yeah. with Jeff Emmerich about the very same things,
1: yeah.
0: Um, because Jeff knew a different John than I knew, <laughs> and in fact, he he told me he wished he knew that.
1: Yeah, he got the brunt of it. Yeah. It did at that time. Yeah. Too
0: bad. Yeah, he didn't know, he, yeah, Paul was, was different to him. Yeah. And of course, Ringo was always a bless.
2: <laughs> but who's really diplomatic in their 20s, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. those guys back then No, but apparently was, John, could be he was rough kid. on him. Yeah, he was rough. But mm-hmm. he, he
0: was, uh by the time we did Double Fantasy, he was a whole a different, different person, completely.
1: I mean, there's that quote from George Harrison He said, like, the fans gave us their the love and and we gave we paid for it with our nervous systems you know yeah it's like you know that's an incredibly unusual position for any rock star to ever be in yeah to go through
2: I, I don't day. think people today can really conceive of of it, 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 you You could get an idea maybe if you like sort of watch the anthology or something but mm-hmm. there's nothing to really compare it to it's like a yeah. tidal wave six that, days, that lasted years
0: right, eight days a week for the that was pretty good that get yeah. that, right that you was a, you good a good feel for it, it. yeah Kind of, but it's a, pretty. It was. It's not natural. You know, one of the things I discovered about from watching Eight Days a Week from that was there was a guy that I worked with. Uh, we we worked on a record called American Pie, and mm. his name is Ed Freeman. He produced American Pie. Yeah. And I was one of the engineers. American
2: Pie, it. Don McLean. Yeah. Oh wow.
0: And Ed produced it, and we worked. Know, weeks and weeks on one song. There were so many edits. In Sounds it. like it. There yeah. were so many edits that I thought it, they named yeah. it after Ed. Oh, well, let's say Ed it. You really. <laughs> but anyway, it turns out that Ed Freeman. Ed Freeman was a great piano player, yeah. and a and a photographer who lived in Greenwich Village. Turns out that he was Ringo's drum roadie. No. <laughs> Yeah, oh, is he the guy on in the American the tour, he's by? in the movie. Yes, yeah, he's in the movie.
1: Awesome. Like he's moving the kid around. Did, he
2: things. never mentioned that he produced American Pie. Yeah. Oh, that's
1: awesome.
2: <laughs> well, you'd <laughs> think it would have said producer of American Pie. <laughs> no, nothing like that.
0: No, just Brody. Brody.
2: <laughs> so is that your? Is that that would be the early days of being at. Uh, yeah, record is that record plant. Record plant. Yeah. What was what was he like to work with at the time, Don McLean? Straight up
0: folk singer it was very interesting, but we had to make this device for him because because <laughs> no because Ed Freeman. That was a great rhythm section. He wanted. He was playing acoustic guitars. Track both. and vocals, not a problem. Yeah. But he may want to use a different vocal. And a different oh, acoustic. Shoot, did you would do a thing. Yeah, we had to build oh, that, a thing out oh, of plexiglass wow. so we could see his hands. <laughs> wow, that's brilliant. So, so could, it still
2: did that, but yeah, you could see through. Yeah, but it was around his neck. <laughs> For those at home, that he could have died. Let's yeah, think. he could have died, but it worked great.
1: It's the iron
0: lung of guitar. It was yeah, really great. <laughs> exactly. Some kind of chassis. His hand was is it,
2: The guitar in his hand was in a box. <laughs> yes. Do you think at the end of the day you needed that thing? In other words, would there have been still an. Oh, name? no, there would have been so much leakage. So much you, leakage. There's no way you can get a, a
0: vocal out of a. So without a getting guitar, sued
2: and taking a court, like how many edits are in American I, high?
0: I, Like sure. about, about one
2: every. Hey, uh, he's two allowed. Feet. It's like a 20 minute song. It's yeah. okay. About
0: anyway. one every two yeah, feet. Right.
2: Every one every <laughs> two. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, That's see. on the multi track.
0: No. Yes. Look at when I was a young engineer uh, back then in the that that part of the world, which was rough. I had to I had to do whatever I had to take whatever clients they gave me. They just said you're doing this date, no ifs, ands or buts about it. This is your date, and I would get this date that started at midnight, and my job was it was a COD. I had to collect the money at the end of the date, and it was a pimp who had a couple of hookers who could sing. And they had a little rhythm section. They paid the rhythm section, but in order for me to collect my money for the session, I had to wait for their other girls to come in.
2: Oh, boy. Yeah, sure. Drop so, off the cash.
0: Yeah, yeah, to drop off the cash to pay for me. And they used to come in and put their guns under the console. Yeah. They had the hats, everything. They were the full. F- wow. And that was, my, that was like one of my, wow. oh, thanks, Good. you know. Like yeah.
1: Your, your initiation. yeah. Yeah,
0: I had to ask for the money. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard
2: enough asking for the money at the end of a session anyway. Yeah, wow. yeah, when the guys armed. <laughs> <laughs> and the money was derived
1: illegally.
0: Yeah, right. It's was like you didn't want to take it. it was, that's uh, amazing. Oh my god,
1: that's
0: weird. It was, but it, you know that was, uh, and actually they were they were cool guys and the music was good.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it was really funky. Funky music, oh, yeah. yeah, and the girls could sing great, and it was slightly flat, and it was just cool. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: You started as a janitor, right? Yes, I did. How did you work up from janitor to, to engineering?
0: You <laughs> got to beg, uh, you know, guys, can I sit in? Can I this? Can I, you know anything to get into a so session? You
2: were a guitar player by. I, I was great. a yeah. I was yeah. signed
0: to labels. I was right. in bands. The reason I I got there was because um, I would mixed. A, a record that the Isley brothers were producing me right. and wow and they and i didn't like their mixes and i ended up at a and r at phil oh, ramone right. studio remixing it were you a singer
2: as well on the track i
0: a background singer but oh, I, I, I was right. the bass player in that band oh, okay. but i'd been on columbia that was on yeah. their i was on the eisley brothers label I was on Columbia on Bell, on Epic. Oh
2: wow. Uh-huh. Right. I was
0: a signed artist for for years yeah, yeah. and toured. Right. Under the name Jack Douglas? No, under band different band Damn names. Band names. Wow. Yeah.
1: So I'm, because of you just kinda of going to the studio working on your own stuff, you sort of got I just,
0: you know, I, I just, well you know that was it. it. That was the first yeah. song I'd ever first thing I'd ever mixed. Or uh, it felt, just was not it <laughs> was it wasn't rock enough for me. It was right. too R and B-ish. But the thing was that I fell in love with that and yeah. asked the guys at A&R if they could hire me on, I, you know, I re- and uh, I was tired of touring. And, um, interesting. and they said no, uh, that they didn't have any openings, but they sent me to a record plant, which had just opened. And uh, guys were leaving A&R and going over there. Oh, wow. Roy Sakal <laughs> left, Shelly right. left. Right. Um, uh, Jay Messina was leaving. And even Jimmy Iovine was leaving, who was, uh, Jimmy became my assistant when I was uh, engineering. He was the worst tape operator ever. because, (laughs) Because Jimmy used to, he used to sit and listen to the songs so he could pick the singles. He used to be able to tell a producer, I think this is your single. Would they just go, <laughs> would they just was, go shut up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he'd be right. But, then, but they,
2: they'd realize later he was right. Yeah. See, that's a that's a scary kind of talent. Yeah. No,
0: he he do fun. the singers. He he assisted me on the first New York Dolls album, and we had so much oh, fun. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a blast. Were they fun to work with? Absolutely.
1: The so good.
0: <laughs> the first one. The first one, yeah, yeah, you know, it was funny because Todd hated it. Really? Yeah, he absolutely hated them. Hated yeah. them. Well he assisted so he you
2: and Todd was the producer. Yeah, Todd okay, was the yeah. producer. I was the engineer. He Todd didn't like hated the dolls. No, he never
0: showed up. Showed up once or twice. It was it, and that was it. So it was you kind know? of there for name value. Yeah. Mercury Records thought it was a good combo because Todd was hot, but it wasn't yeah. it was so they left us to our own devices, which for me led to the management knew it was going. The label didn't know there was no producer there. Right. If they did, they would have flipped out. We had to, like, we always had to, you know, cover somehow whenever the label was coming by. Yeah, he'll be back. Uh, I mean, it was... All, <laughs> He's getting sandwiched. Huh? Yeah, but he would show up maybe once a week, yeah. and he showed up for the mixes, and that's when we would let the label in. But, but oh the management knew. Yeah. And so, um, so that was Lieber Krebs. That, that was their big act was the dolls, but their baby act was Aerosmith. Oh, right. And so that was my reward for keeping that. Well, this the is a doll good question. So,
2: I mean, would there be something that, that people would be pretty surprised to learn about? Because I think Thunder is pretty underrated and like his tone was pretty and you had to have gotten something out of that for, for the Aerosmith stuff. And I mean, he was pretty you know, heavy. I was just wondering if there's anything the people would be surprised to The thing was that Joe Perry was totally influenced by David. That's what I would yeah, think, yeah, I mean, by, by, by Thunders. Yeah, by so thunders. I was wondering yeah. if there was anything... Just in, I mean, was it helpful to have someone like Thunders? Did he seem to really know what he wanted? No, uh, back then, no. So he just no,
0: it was just he just played. He just
2: plugged and played, it, and he yeah. kind of captured it the best you could. Yeah. Would you had you captured just in a kind of pretty standard way? Well, the or? thing
0: is that that album was recorded live, so yeah. his tone is is in the drums
2: plus the bleed. Yeah, yeah. Sure.
0: So it's, it's leaking all over. What I've used a a C thirty eight. Okay. Uh, 57 and a fifty-seven uh, and a and a a uh, uh, Sennheiser uh, um, for uh, on the stack. Yeah, the, the three of them together get the phase finally right, and
2: and that's because that's a big sound, really, to wrangle. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. I mean, there was no telling him turn down a little. Right. So that, <laughs> right. No. No. And, and pretty much his sound's all in his playing. I yeah. mean, that's it right yeah. there, right? I mean, you're just capturing it at the point.
0: Oh, uh, you could talk to Sill about that. Yeah. Sill was okay, you know. He played on a smaller amp. and, and Oh, this, okay, so that's kind of and the difference. Sil play, yeah, still played piano. And, um, it was fun doing that comeback album with right. them. Oh, you did that? Okay. Yeah. Isn't that, that's a trip. It was, And it's a good album. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. And, and I mean, David Johansson and I stayed friends forever. Still good friends, but oh, he is great. a brilliant man. Yeah, he sure is. He's a he, you know he's a literary genius. Yeah, uh,
2: and, a, and a fantastic yeah. lyricist because of his because of that. Because, he's he's always had something that almost you could say like in the way Tom Waits has had something or something. He's yeah, that kind of yeah,
0: his own world. Yeah, it's a, it's <laughs> a funny story why David's even in that band. Really? Yeah, because because he lived in the same building as Sill and and, uh, and Johnny, and they were putting a band together, and, and they ran out of coffee, and they went next door to their neighbor, who was David Johansson who was an actor. Oh, that makes sense. And they, they said... Like, you look
2: like Mick. That's You're exactly what yeah, happened. Exactly. You want to be in a band? You look like Mick. And he said, sure. You got sure. the lips. Get in there. Yeah, you, he said, sure. Oh, my God. That's too funny. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 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 Did you were you have you been surprised that that first album has held up so well over all the years? And, I I kind of not. And, no, not yeah, kind of
0: anyway. not because they that was such a statement. Yeah. You know, me trying to explain to 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 uh people that you know, came in to listen to it. Uh, but I mean, e. and Bowie came by. They were listening to it's it. It's the
2: people that came by. Yeah, they were
0: listening to it. But other people were like they can't play. Right. But that's not important. They can play. Yeah. When they're together, they make a sound that's
2: different.
1: Yeah. yeah, there'd be no sex pistols without a band like that. No. You know,
2: yeah, just whatever. their understanding of what made the, it's almost like the cramps, that understanding of what made the 50s cool. Yeah. And then trying to translating it to a new to yeah. a new era. It's so cool. It's yeah. like, yeah. it never stops being cool. Yeah. If it's, exactly. if it's good enough, you know. Hell so ever. that did inform uh, the Aerosmith stuff. That, oh, yeah. That, they,
0: they were, that, uh, they were very knew. aware of that. Especially uh, Joe Perry. It's just like when I said to Joe, you know, we can get David to sing on your solo record. He was like, you think so? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So he was still like
2: really excited
0: about. Yeah. Still that fan. And, and the thing was now yet yeah, at the show. You were there. You guys were there you know, at the Roxy, Joe Perry's show no, last no, week. No, no, no. So, so everybody showed up. Terry Reed. Oh my God. Uh, uh. David, David Johansson, Robin Zander, oh, Chris Robertson. Chris Robinson, all, yeah. They all showed up. Wow. Everybody was there. I can't remember the lead singer in NXS. In he was uh, there too. Everybody that sang on the album showed up. Yeah, and, uh, and of course, you know, it was great. But who stole the show? David Johansson. And I'll tell you why. He's, I know, he's not a rock and roll uh, front man. He's an old-time... Showman. Yeah, Yeah. he just... You're getting a show. Yeah, he had the audience
2: in the palm... Palm. Wow. Yeah,
0: there were... Wow, we never saw anything like
2: this. <laughs> did you have to when you first just don't get off the doll? But when you first worked with the doll, did you first have to go down and kind of check them out? I knew no. I was uh, the reason mm-hmm. I got the gig is because I
0: was a downtown guy. Right, so you knew. I all lived them on them Second Street. You knew what was going down. With yeah, you. yeah. Because there was no, a little I, scene happening with in them, Max's. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was a regular at Max's. I knew the whole thing. You and knew the Mercer Art the Center. Mercer, and, yeah. You know I mean, I worked with Lou and I worked with Patty. Right. and I knew all the. I knew yeah. the scene. Very What'd you do with Lou? I worked on that Berlin album. Oh uh, wow!
2: Oh, uh, Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> I remember going to a record store once, and they had a they had a big cutout of uh, Bleecker Bobs on in L.A. Yeah. They had this cutout for years. Of, that must have come out at the time. And it was hilarious. It was a big cutout, Lurie Berlin. It said, like, the Sergeant Pepper of the 70s. And all these crazy quotes on it. They should have said the feel-good record. (laughs) It's like, hold on a minute. Oh, man.
0: Well, that was Bob Ezrin's kids. They got Bob's kids? Yeah. I think he told them mom died or something. (laughs) (laughs) That's how they got this. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, so you worked with Bob Ezrin on that. I, I worked with yeah. Bob on a lot of things. Bob was a guy who finally convinced me
2: that I should be producing. That's really cool. When I when I he's went really to a, uh, not not discussed a lot. And I mean, that guy just did really conceptual stuff. He, because he, he's a genius. Yeah, did he have a very? Did he? Yeah. Did you find in person working on the music? He had a really great imagination. Yeah, great
0: arranger too. Right? Yeah. yeah, he. I mean, he, he he's he's brilliant. I love him. We were partners. Yeah, we worked up in Canada for on stuff, but he, uh, for Bob, it's his way or the highway. I can imagine. He doesn't want to break, you know. That I'm I'm sure with the wall, because I was there when he was doing that. In fact, I went. I I went to some Air Force base and recorded a bunch. He said he sent me out there to get some shit for him. Yeah, with some planes and helicopters. That's the real deal. That you hear on the wall. Like the helicopter. Lee DiCarlo and I went out. No way. Because <laughs> they were recording uh, the wall. <laughs> they were recording the wall at oh producer's workshop. Right. And Lee and I were doing something at, at Record Plant Now LA. We went over to see Bob doing working on the Pink Floyd thing. He says, You guys busy? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, what he got in mind. Oh, yeah. Grab some mics and go out to they Andrews a, Air Force Base and run down, a crazy down the desert.
1: Time crunch. And they had. They were, were they? They were going to get a huge record label bonus and they got it done before Christmas
2: season. You're kidding me. Yeah. For a double album? For a double album. I mean, <laughs> yeah. They did that record in nine months. Producer's Workshop. What?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, they started in, in England. They finished up in Producer's Workshop here. Yeah, which is, is that space is back open again
0: oh right? it is and yeah. the mastering lab was in the
2: front right did, did Bob have that. a theatrical background or something no I,
1: mean, just, not right,
0: all. I just noticed uh, all he's this... a pianist yeah pianist.
1: Uh, and his oh, father okay. yeah.
2: his father
0: was a, uh, a concert violinist yeah. and a brain surgeon oh yeah whoa, whoa. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and <laughs> I'm getting it now well, yeah. Jack get... Richardson was uh,
1: like yeah one of the top producers in Canada guess who and it took and took Bob under. Oh, Bob okay. Was like a teenager.
0: I yeah. Think, even
2: so, he really learned. Bob
0: used to sit next to me when we were doing like billion dollar babies. Yeah. And Bob would be sitting next to me smoking a pipe, and we'd be working on something with Alice, and and I turned over. Finally, I said, <laughs> I said, let me ask you something, Bob. And he's smoking his pipe and he's taking notes, and I said, just for the fuck of it. How old are you? And he looked at me and he said, you won't tell anybody, will you? And I said, no. He said, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 21.
1: I said, so you he... son of
2: a bitch. Oh, yeah. my God. I'm older than you. I was maybe 23. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Still, though. So he did all his best work in his 20s. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: he's I mean, still working. He's still no, I, mean, I mean, meaning that the yeah, that he classic did. 70s stuff. Yeah, so many fascinating people.
1: I mean, that's obviously why would you be doing? I'd be doing a magazine about this, you know. But it's just. Amazing. Have you talked oh. to Bob Ezrin? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh you have. No, okay. I, oh okay. I know with him every once in a while too to check in. He's wow. he's fantastic. Yeah, he's
0: he's a great guy. There's
1: so many great stories. There's so many great people like that, and a lot of these lives and careers and, and working at various studios you know, all intertwined. You know? Yeah, back then. The yeah, the day, both coasts. Yeah. Absolutely. The
0: most brilliant yeah. person I ever knew. And the guy who, had, who who stayed in the background the most was Roy Sakala.
1: Right, I mean, he was
0: absolutely brilliant. Right, mm. I mean,
1: people that know know that his his engineering chops are just unbelievable
0: yeah. and mysterious. Really,
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What's his roots? Kind of back. Like, did he start in the '50s or he started in the '60s? Man, early '60s as a Hammond organ repair man. Well, that should tell
0: you right there. Yeah. Those then he are... became a maintenance man at A and R, and then oh, so he, he went technically... into the studios. But when you listen to things like, we listen to that Mind Game Games album, and you listen to Number Nine Dream, or whatever it is. Oh you know, yeah. I mean, even yeah. no matter how you listen to that thing, it's it, it, it's mind. It's kind of it's
2: kind of dimensional.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
2: I even imagine.
0: You know, that whole did he do, imagine, imagine he mixed it and he recorded most of the stuff on it when he came over, yeah. and and uh, you know I worked on it, I was his assistant on yeah. it, but but um, Phil Phil uh, Spector, you know he did nothing when he got here, to to New York on that record. Yeah, he was drugged mostly asleep. You know, every once in a while I'd lift his head and go more echo. But but when <laughs> when John and Roy That sounds like a producer to me. <laughs> yeah. When John and Roy started working together, John could see that he didn't need really need Phil f- yeah. for that for the rest of it because because uh, uh because of the the way Roy worked. Right. But he was absolutely just Was brilliant. there anything
2: particularly unique about Roy that you just could pinpoint just to him out of anybody? Yeah, there's
0: to- no I mean, if you listen to his drum sound, that's what I was going to actually get at. Yeah, it's it's like it's intense. like the imagined drum
2: sound right there. Yes, okay. imagine it's like yeah.
0: it's this dull thud, but uh, but it works so perfectly, yeah. and it's you, and it sits perfectly in the track. Damn. But he had invented this stuff with these old CBS compressors that he rewired. He used to roll in this rack, so oh, that, boy. so that. And and hook up pull-text to it, and what would happen is like when the vocal would, would come on, right in the center things things would move out of the way.
2: Like, like wow. side chaining and stuff.
0: straight yeah. Up. yeah, I mean just
2: yeah, just straight it, up. The EQ, movement. Yeah. yeah.
0: The EQ would just that EQ for the vocal would just move away. The vocal would stop it would slow you know, and it would close up. Again. This hole would close up
2: Jesus. and things would come on little, and little yeah. things would get but without yeah. distracting just more to make the track sound better yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. oh that's brilliant <laughs> so he'd bring in these racks we knew
0: how to patch it up but we didn't know how to operate it right none of us did so there was a sp- that's what you mean by the spooky part of it yeah that, yeah, yeah I know cool. I mean, he just didn't know and the other thing was that when you yeah. assisted him he didn't like any chatter in the control room whatsoever no talking so, only the yeah. uh, to the assistant engineer you, you just kept yeah. your mouth shut so he had he had he had sign language that he taught us and and it was like kind of like um awesome. it was like kind of like watching the coach in in a in a baseball
2: game, you know totally he yeah. would yeah. Yeah, 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 he would do that <laughs> <laughs> and and obviously that because it, was it of would the, be really that was because of the intense listening he was doing though really yeah. he just didn't he just chatter would have really thrown his game off, yeah, I mean probably, yeah. That's hilarious, though. Can you remember any of the science? <laughs> no.
0: I mean, I could, you know. This was probably... Sh- <laughs> yeah, a lot of people had to learn that, but there was there was a, an actual sign for uh, um, LA-2A, Pultec after the LA-2A. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean,
2: oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, and it was all... <laughs>
1: what? <laughs> yeah.
2: And that's her insanity her
1: and make a run for third base <laughs> that's he also classic. insisted
0: that we study wow. the producers' habits so that we could stay ahead of them
2: well so that's that, him being pretty fair to you <laughs> yeah study
0: their habits so that you could always stay ahead and for example know when they were hungry oh sure and get ahead of them
2: this is pretty practical advice yeah
0: yeah so that when the guy turned around and said, you know, it's, uh, I mean, th- this specific, Yeah, it's 2 o'clock, I, you know, I could go for a pastrami on rye. You could pastrami say, rye was it's there. All right, yeah. It's, oh, my God. It'll be here. It should be coming through <laughs> the door, be, eh?
2: Oh, that's amazing.
0: Yeah, he insisted on that kind of stuff. You wow. had to do that. And did. that's
2: why you do to this day, right? Yeah. And, and when, he <laughs> to, when he trained us,
0: when he finally let us go, off, rye. By, <laughs> go off by ourselves... He made us do um, four-track dates, demos. I did all of Billy Joel's demos for Columbia. Interesting four-track. With Artie Rip in the room. Wow. Yeah, four-track four demos. His original
2: demos. His original the, the, the demos, demos that got did. him his deal. Wow.
0: And uh, I was, you know, yet you, you had to do a, a, you know, a few months of being the demo guy, four-track, whole rhythm sections. I did all the bells. Uh, Demos, four tracks. So a lot a of chaining
2: record. and bouncing, and or not bouncing, but, but just you, just well, sub
0: rhythm section on uh, and on uh, one
2: or two tracks. Yeah, yeah,
0: and then leave open for vocals.
2: It sounds like all the things he had you do was all really practical, yeah, logical yeah. stuff that really yeah. probably helped you. No, no, we and loved it.
0: Wow. Yeah, well, really. Put you. You had to spend a few months in the dubbing room where you learned to edit. Wow, all that's good stuff. You know, that's like you don't need anymore. Practical uses of uh, right. <laughs> nothing.
2: Yeah, that's interesting, isn't you know, it? It's like all I haven't had a laser blade in my hand since I last shaved. Yeah, right. Jeez, it's like yeah, and even that's yeah. been a while. Yeah. Oh Do <laughs> you miss it?
0: Well, I still shave my neck. Not that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thanks for letting yeah. me geek out and ask some oh, no. oh, yeah. questions. I know, like there's you there's could there's just there's stay that. on New York for you know. Yeah.
1: We could talk about a lot of things. It's awesome. Spend an hour on
2: Don McLean. Lord
1: knows they did. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Find us online at tapeop.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time.